The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. This is a special, unscheduled Monday edition of PFTPM. Don't get used to it, although maybe we will make it a regular thing, because here's what I do after the early games on Sundays during football season. It's a mad dash to get multiple guys on the phone to try to get some content, some interesting information for Football Night in America. And what I have is raw audio files of these conversations. Some may contain profanity. Some may contain stupid questions by me. But regardless, we need a home for them, and this will be that home on the weeks that I think the audio is worth your time. This week, it's definitely worth your time. Yesterday, I spoke to four guys from four different games, Chiefs cornerback Trent McDuffie, Ravens safety Geno Stone, Vikings quarterback Josh Dobbs, and Texans emergency kicker Dare Ogunbowale, who's also a running back. But he wasn't doing any running yesterday. It was the kicking that mattered. So we're going to play them for you. Not necessarily in that order. That was just the order that they came back to me in my brain. I've got a better idea of the best flow for your purposes. So I'd like to start with the first game of the day, the Chiefs beating the Dolphins, and a guy who was very impactful in that game, Trent McDuffie, first-round pick in 2022, arrived after Tyreek Hill left the team. Here's my conversation with him from Germany after yesterday's 21-14 win by the Kansas City Chiefs. Here we go. All right. Uh, congratulations. Great win today. Thank you. I appreciate it. What did that game feel like? What did it compare to? Did it compare to a playoff game? And if so, what level of playoffs? Honestly, we were talking about that during the game. We were saying it definitely has that playoff atmosphere. I mean, the fan energetic the entire game. Uh, we're going against the 62 Dolphins. I mean, the energy was there. The focus level was there. So... Um, it definitely helps that we were able to play a lot of playoff games in the past few years. There was a lot of talk this week about the Dolphins getting there early, you guys getting there Friday. Why was that not something that was an issue today? Um, honestly, I think it just goes back to the maturity of this team. Um, I know we're pretty young. we got a lot of second-year players, but everybody kind of just rolled with the punches, I like to say. Whatever schedule was out, whatever the coaches said we had to do, we kind of just took it on the chin and was like, you know what, we know we're here for a reason, we know we're here to play a game, and I think that just goes to show just how good this team really can be. What was the plan for dealing with Tyreek? Uh, man, we knew we had to get hands on him. I mean, you know, guy like that, explosive, fast, I mean, can really do it all, make all the plays, so 
um, trying to limit those explosive plays, slow them down, mess up that timing of the offense with Tim and Tua uh, was a huge thing for us tonight. You never played with them. Who did you talk to to get just intelligence, information, whatever you needed to know how Tyreek went about his business on the field? Yeah, I mean, you know, all the offensive guys were a lot of help just so that's kind of how he was when he was with the team. But um, I would like, honestly, heavily on LJ Sneed. I mean, one of those guys who was with Tyreek Hill for two years. So, I mean, we were watching him in training camp. I think it was two years ago, one-on-ones, him and Tyreek, and kind of just game planning off of what he saw, how he knows them. And I feel like he was just a huge help, and he did really great tonight. Take me through, Trent, the big play in the first half when Miami's driving and all of a sudden it's a touchdown for the Kansas City defense. What did you see before the snap that caused you to go straight after Tyreek? Yeah, actually we are in a man-to-man cover, so um, it was pretty easy seeing that play develop and seeing the throw because Tyreek was my man. So once that throw happened, triggered on it, and lucky enough to make a play on the ball and strip it out. But honestly, I got to give it to our other guys in the back end. I mean, we talk about the play. There was three DBs we touched there. You got me, you got Mike, and you got Brian Cook. And Mike was uh, great enough to pitch it back and get the score for the defense, which I always say is huge. And it all happens so fast, Trent. Are, are you consciously trying to get the ball out? Is it instinct? What's going on in that in that like tenth of a second when you hit him yeah. and the ball comes out? Um, no, I'm pretty conscious and very aware of where the ball is at all times. Um, I'm one of those guys who's always trying to get the ball back to 15s that offense, and I don't have any picks on the year, which is unfortunate. So I always say, if I can't get picks, I'm definitely gonna try to get that ball out any way I can. And, Strips just happened to be the way I've been doing it this year. So what did you see after the ball came out? I didn't know if you were on the ground, if you got up and you were running with the play. Uh, but uh, how? Uh, take me through the rest of it. And specifically, is that something you guys practice on returns, like looking to lateral the ball? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no. Um, once I stripped it, I actually did see the ball roll on the ground. So I was kind of in a frame take to kind of get to it. But once I see Mike pick it up, I was like, okay, let me go block the – intended receiver and um you know as dbs i feel like we always talk about you know oh yeah if you're right behind us we're gonna pitch it and i think mike just made a hell of a play at just pitching it back to beat cook because once he got the ball all i know i heard was pitch it pitch it pitch it and lucky enough he was right behind him caught it and man i gotta say brian cook a little real fast on that touchdown return yes he was hey did tyreek have anything to say on that play and did you have anything to say to him Nah, man, I went and celebrated with my team. When you see stat line for Tyreek, eight catches, 62 yards, no touchdowns, what's your reaction? We did our job. Uh, Definitely a focus on this week was uh, trying to limit everything around Tyreek, and I felt like with the play calls that Spags did and also just the intent and the focus on the back end, um, mirrored with just the D-line, and everybody was kind of just on the court tonight. It was just trusting each other, and communication was great, and I feel like that's the big reason why we're able to limit him so much tonight. Was there a number you were specifically trying to keep him under? Uh, honestly, we don't talk about that, but I know for us on the back end, we always say under 100 yards. We don't want any receiver to have over 100 yards on us, and that's kind of been the standard throughout this entire year. Patrick Mahomes was on TV after the game, and he told uh, Stacey Dales that this could be the best defense in the league. When you hear him say that, what's your reaction? Uh, man, I... I think I've been saying that along with him all the way back to OTAs, just seeing how we came back after a Super Bowl win and got straight back to work and 
everybody's intent and attention to detail was just so elite. And knowing that this defense has Spags calling the defense and he keeps that pressure on us and everybody's kind of just rising to the occasion. Um, I keep saying this is one of the best defenses I've played on and definitely one of the best defenses in the league. Hey, what do you do on the flight home? You sleep, you watch something, you listen to music. What do you do? Oh, man, we got this 10-hour flight. And I was saying if we lost, I would have probably been up for 10 hours trying to watch this film. But I'm definitely going to try to get some shut-eye and get some sleep tonight. All right, buddy. Well, hey, congratulations. It was a fun game. All the best going forward. Hope to talk to you again down the road. Thank you. Thank you so right, much, see Mike. See you, man. Thanks again to Trent McDuffie. Now, one of the 1 o'clock games that was very significant going in. It ended up being a blowout for the Baltimore Ravens again. Another NFC team goes to Baltimore and gets destroyed by the Ravens. Geno Stone along the way got his league-leading sixth interception of the season. I had a chance to catch up with him by phone after the game. Here's my conversation with Ravens defensive back Geno Stone. Hello. Geno. Yeah, how you doing? Hey, Mike Florio here. How's it going, buddy? Good. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Hey, yeah, great to talk to you. Congratulations on the game today. 38-6 to over the Lions, 37-3 to over the Seahawks, two of the best teams in the NFC. What message does that send to the rest of the NFL? Um, I just feel like, this, I mean, this, I feel like we're the team that's clicking right now. I feel like we're, uh, we're not where we want to be, but I feel like it's showing strides of what, what we can be in this league and how dominant we can be on our offense and defense. Where do you want to be? What do you need to do to get to where you want to be? Uh, I mean, I feel like where we want to be is not going to be until that end goal in the last game of the season where we're in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I feel like we've we got to continue to build on what we got right now and do it day in and day out each week, um, you know, throughout the week in practice and, and, and into games. So, um, you know, that, that end result is not going to be what we want until we we're, you know, have a Super Bowl in our hands. You're leading the league with six interceptions. Give me the biggest reason why that's happening. Just me being in the right place and, uh, you know, rushing covered, working together, honestly. Um, you know, I really haven't done nothing where someone's like, oh, he did something crazy. Like, I just, I miss me doing my job, being in the right place, and really showing I could be a ball hawk in this league. I mean, I just feel like, um, you know, people haven't really got to see what I could do, and I just feel like now i got the opportunity to show it. Is it film study, recognition of what the play is going to be? What's putting you in the right place at the right time? Just all of it, you know, film study, recognition, uh, you know, certain routes, you know, I, I know what certain people got to do off it. Me being in the right place, like I said, you know, do my job. And, uh, quarterbacks make, some of the quarterbacks make mistakes. So, I mean, you know, it's all that put together with, all, obviously, with the rush put put up put up there, you know, um, making the quarterback make bad decisions. Walk me through the interception today. What did you see before the snap? What did you see after the snap? And how did you get the ball? Yeah, so we're basically showing a man, man look, um, showing a zero look, and, uh, then I'm pushing back to my half, and really just uh, when I push back to my half, I seen uh, one keep me on vertical, and and I really did expect Gino to throw it, and uh, he kind of threw it, and I just, I just you know right 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 spot, right time, uh, went up and took advantage of it. It's almost like you're playing center field back there on that one. I mean, I, look, I don't want to say it was a bad throw, but it's like <laughs> yeah. you knew exactly where it was going to be. Yeah, I just you know, I was me being in the right spot, like I said, you know, quarterbacks making wrong decisions. What do you do in that spot though, Gino? Are you Watching Chino Smith's eyes and waiting to see what he does, while you're kind of keeping everything in front of you. What are you What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, no. I mean, when I was going back to my half, you know, he really didn't look at me off or nothing. He was really just looking that side the whole time. So um, I'm, I'm thinking he probably thought we were in man coverage. He had a shot because as soon as our corner uh, fell off, he thought he had a he had a hole, and uh, you know, he kind of overthrew it. And I was there. Who got game balls today? Um, 
the two people, uh, you know, Leonard Baum got one for the offense, and uh, our coordinator, defense coordinator, got one. Me and uh, and then uh, Matty BK. How how many have you gotten in your career? Oh, and Odell got one. My bad. How many have you gotten in your career? Uh, I'm not even sure. Probably a few, a few now. <laughs> what do you What do you do with them? Um, well, I just really just put them put them on my house. I just bought a, bought a new house, so I put it in my office. Uh, I got now back home. I skipped oh. my mom to bring back home. You got a new house. When are you going to get a new contract? You're a free agent after the year, <laughs> uh, right? I'm not sure. Not Anything really going about, on? <laughs> nah, I'm not really worried about that right now. I'm trying to just lock in and uh, you know let all that. You know, control I control right now, and, you know, all that will fall in place. It's a nice message for the rest of the league, right? <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Lead the league in interceptions. That's a way to get the contract, right? <laughs> Something like that, I guess. All right, buddy. Hey, congratulations. I Hope to talk Thank to you, you again. Keep it up. Thank you. See you, Gino. See you. Thanks again, Gino Stone. Here's hoping you get that contract that you are earning, either from the Ravens or from someone else. Unlikely hero of the day was Texans running back Dare Ogunbowale, not because of any running he did, but because of the kicking. Spoke to him after Houston's unlikely win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that Ogunbowale played a major role in. Here's my conversation with Dare Ogunbowale. Hello? Dare. How you doing? Hey, Mike Florio here. How's it going, man? I'm good. I'm good. Man of the moment. Well, <laughs> when when did you know you'd be kicking? Uh, today I knew right before half. So going into halftime, I knew he might be down, but it wasn't for sure yet. But uh, they told me to leave halftime a little early just to go out there and get some warm up kicks. And then when I got out there, uh, Weeks and uh, Cam told me that I'd definitely be kicking. Emi wasn't coming back into the game, so um, that's when I knew. When you were doing the warm-up kicks, were you doing off a tee or were you practicing, uh, you know, field goal, place kick type kicks? Yeah, so I was doing the kickoffs first just because I knew we were killing out, kicking out of halftime. But then um, after that, we got the whole snap hole kick procedure for field goals down. And um, I was I was making them, so I was pretty confident in it. Um, didn't know um, how far back they'd let me kick, but I knew I, I, knew I was uh, pretty accurate uh, up close. What's your range? Well, I don't know right now. In college, I made a 45-yarder doing this little kicking competition, but I don't know if I still got that. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty accurate. I'm pretty accurate up close, though. When's the last time you kicked out of a snap spot hold situation? Uh, in camp. In camp. We uh, just do a little emergency kicker situation in camp just in case it ever comes up. But that, that was the last time, though. People don't realize how hard that is. You're looking at a target that isn't there. You're approaching a target that suddenly shows up while you're in the process of kicking. Right. How hard is it to do that when you don't practice it on a regular basis? It's tough. It was tough, man. It's definitely the harder process than you expect. But um, like I said, man, Cam and Weeks, they're just coaching me through the whole thing while we're jogging out there, keeping me confident, keeping me calm. And um, like I said, just able to swing it and, uh, and, and knock it down. So it was tough. Were you lobbying to try extra points? No, I wasn't doing any lobbying, man. I was just waiting for Frank to tell me if we were going for two or if I was kicking it. Um, I was kind of surprised after going after going for two a couple times that we decided to kick the field goal. So, um, But I was just kind of waiting, just staying ready just in case. I didn't want to kind of overcomplicate the situation for the coaches. How much time did you have from kick to finding out you were going to be kicking the field goal? Uh, that's a good question. I guess I was standing on the sideline looking looking at the staff, seeing what they were going to do. And Frank put his hands up for the field goal sign. So 
as soon as he does that, I mean, I'm jogging on the field with Cam Johnson trying to get my steps right. So not much time. What's your thought process? Take me through it. Okay, you get yourself in your position. (laughs) And uh, what happens? What, what's going What's going through your brain? What do you see? What are you feeling as you're going through that process? Man, I'm literally just look. I, I go out there, jogs. Cam puts his knee down, tells me where the spot's going to be. So I kind of take my steps, um, and I'm just staring at the ground where the ball is going to be. I mean, I look up at the uh, goalpost quick, and then I'm staring at the ground. I'm not really worried about too much. Um, just Just like I said, I just want to get the get the, get the ball through the upright. So I really wasn't looking at the defense, looking at anything else. You know, I'm just looking at looking at the snap and then looking at the spot where, where Cam was putting the ball down at. Did you know it was good as soon as you hit it? Oh, I felt good, man. I knew it was good. I, I, I should have really hit one of those curry lookaways before it even went through the upright. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I knew it was good as soon as it left my foot, man. <laughs> there were some great reactions on TV. What, what reactions did you experience from your teammates after it went through? Yeah, the excitement on the sideline was everything, man. Just just the guys running out to me, uh, celebrating with me. Obviously, Frank just being being juiced up as he always is after it. So now that that was really the best part of the whole situation, just seeing the guys' reactions. Do you have the ball? Yeah, they gave it to me. They put it in my locker, so I'm gonna have to get that painted up. What are you gonna do with it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Probably give it to my dad because he always wanted me to be a soccer player anyway. So I'll probably just let him put it in his office. Now, I, I watched the kick, and it looked like the holder's fingers were dangling a little bit. I guess that's his risk, right? I mean, if his finger goes through the uprights, too, that's his problem. Right? I don't know. I don't really know how, what he looked like. I got to go rewatch it. Um, but but no, that's on like, him, right? You're hitting the ball. If his fingers are in the way, that's his problem, right? I mean, if, 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 if I hit his hand, it's really my problem. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I think he trusts me to hit, uh, hit the ball in the right spot. And, and then, and then you got to come out after that last touchdown, and you can't kick off out of bounds and put them in a position right. where one completion out of bounds, they got to try for a long field goal. Uh, that's yeah. a lot of pressure on that kickoff, and you nailed it. Exactly. I mean, I was telling people the kickoffs really, but I was more nervous than the field goals just because – the field goal, you, you just jog out there. Like I said, you're just staring at the spot ready to go. You're on the, you're on the play clock. But the kickoff, I mean, you're standing there waiting for the ref to blow the whistle. You got the 10-yard runner. There's a lot more thinking that went into the kickoff. So um, I, was, yeah, I was happy I was maybe able to get a couple touchbacks in there. When you, when you hit that last one, again, did you know as soon as you hit it, it's, gonna, it's doing the job, they're going to be at the 25? Exactly. It, it felt good coming off my foot for sure. All right, buddy. Well, hey, it was a great story. It was fun to watch. Congratulations, and hope to talk to you again down the road. Awesome. Appreciate you. Thanks, Dar. See you, buddy. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thank you once again, Dare. And last but far from least, the guy who just showed up this week in Minnesota, traded by the Arizona Cardinals to the Vikings, 
a long conversation of about seven and a half minutes. I could have gone another seven and a half minutes. There was so much I wanted to ask him. Here's everything I managed to ask and everything that Josh Dobbs had to say after he led the Vikings to a 31-28 upset win over the Atlanta Falcons. What's up, Mike? How are you Josh doing? Dobbs, how are you, buddy? I'm phenomenal. How are you? Good. We last spoke in 2017, just before the draft. Congratulations on how things have been working out for you lately. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you. Give me a word to describe your experience of the last week. My experience the last week, one word would be just crazy, unknown. Probably that's two words, but those were, <laughs> I think it deserves at least two words. But yeah, man, it's been it's been a crazy week for sure. When did you find out you were being traded? Um, I found out Tuesday morning. I got a text from my agent that I could be traded into back a bag in Arizona just in case something went down. Um, and so by eleven a.m. there with the trade deadline coming up at one a, one p.m. Arizona time. I got a call from my agent and then Minnesota and then Arizona. I was being traded to the Vikings. Did you know when you heard you might be traded it was the Vikings or was anyone else in play? Uh, it, was, it was crazy enough. It was Vikings or uh, maybe back to Cleveland were, were kind of what my agent was telling me. So I had an open mind, obviously. Uh, was like, okay, like who knows where this day is going to go um, and, and just kind of just took it in a stride from there. So you show up in Minnesota and you get thrust into the action today. How much of the playbook did you know before you went so in today? Anything that was installed this week, um, I knew. Like I knew I didn't, I didn't have reps in it, but I knew it. Like I knew the concepts, the plays, and everything. So anything on the call sheet, I told the coaches, like I'm good with everything. And then from there, like on the sideline, it was learning situational calls and stuff like that. That could be called like two minute, like the last drive. There's some calls that weren't on the call sheet, but we talked about on the sideline. So I was ready to go if they came up during the game. So nothing in the game plan changed once you went in. It was the plays that were already because those are the plays you knew. Yeah, like, I was like, hey, if you call anything on the sheet, I have a pretty good grasp with it. And so, obviously, there's communication from there about it, just in case, like, there's a lot of plays on the call sheet. So, just in case there was something that might have slipped my mind, but uh, we were able to communicate it. And, and you know, my goal, my goal always, you know, no, no matter the circumstances, like, I don't want to handcuff the team if I'm out there. You know, I want to go out there and give the team a chance to win. And so, I prepare like that. I put a lot of time and focus into it so that, no matter what the circumstance is, I'm ready to go and can give the team a chance to operate and win a game. Who helped you throughout the week get yourself to the point where you were ready to go? Did you do it yourself or was someone from the staff, another player? Who helped you get to the point where you were ready? It was probably a team effort. I got a lot of help from the, from the other quarterbacks, Sean Mannion um, and Nick Mullins, as well as uh, you know Chris, the QB coach. Obviously, they're getting Jaron ready to play, but you know Grant, uh, um, one of another coach in, in the QB room. I spent a lot of time with him. Like I think we spent, you know, two and a half hours after practice on Friday going through the entire game plan, talking about, you know, the plays, the calls, you know, what I knew, what was a little fuzzy in my mind, what for him not to call. Um, and so going through that with him definitely really helped. Josh, Kevin had said this week you were going to play a supportive role to Jaron Hall. Was there a package of plays for you or were you only playing if he got injured? Yeah, I was only playing if something happened to Jaron. That was the plan going into the week. And when he got injured, they showed you on the sideline with the tablet, like really looking at that tablet, like, 
What were you trying to do those last few minutes before it was time to go play? What were you trying to absorb? I was just looking at the, yeah, I was just looking at the, the looks of defense I'd given uh, Jaron to start the game and making sure I was good with the protection calls and um, the cans and the checks to make sure that we're getting into the right play. So that's all I was doing. You know, I was still going through my typical process as if I was in the game. You know, nothing really changed. I always prepare as if I'm going to start and have to go play. And so, um, yeah, I was able to look at those looks and be ready to go once – uh, my number was called. What was your first thought when it looked like you were going in? I was like, all right, let's go play football. I played a lot of football this year, you know, obviously in different colors with a different team. And so it was just telling myself it's the same game. You know, just go out, play the good football you've been playing all year um, and everything. Get the first first down, it'll be downhill from there. When when you choose to run, because you had a few very effective runs today, a 22-yarder, you were the leading rusher for either team. When do you make that conscious decision you're going to pull it down and take off? When uh, everyone's covered. You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> if they cover everyone up, they usually don't have someone from me, and I'm able to take advantage of light boxes and take advantage of what the defense has given me. Why do you think they don't have somebody watching you? I mean, you've got some speed. You've shown you can do it. Why do you think they haven't adjusted? Well, because, you know, I do a good job of, you know, taking what the defense has given me. You know, if there's opportunities to throw it down the field, I'm not just running you know, I'm taking advantage of those looks, those throws. So it makes it difficult. You know, when you're playing disciplined football and when the defense is giving you a look to throw, you're throwing it. And they're not giving you a look to throw, you're running it. It keeps them on their heels. And so as long as I keep doing that, man, it'll be difficult for teams to defend us. You've had a crazy ride. You didn't get a single start until week 17 last year. Now you played the last two games last season. You started every game in Arizona. You played most of the game here. Like, how close were you to the point where – Late last season, you're thinking, you know, my ship's never going to come in. I'm never going to get a chance to play on a on a continuous basis in this league. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I recognize the situations I was put in. I was very observant of other situations around the league, but my mindset is always, you know, you can't, you can't, you, you can't uh, put a man down who will never give up. So I show up every single day, man. I prepare always as, as if I'm going to start, no matter how bleak the circumstances are, and. You know, whenever my number's called, man, I'm ready to go, ready to go play good football and get teams, get whatever team I'm on the chance to win. you get a game ball in the locker room today? <laughs> I did. It was pretty cool, man. It, it means a lot being back home in Atlanta um, from Alpharetta right up the road. So be back home and get that game ball uh, means a lot to me. Uh, but I told the team, man, it's, it's cheers to the next one. You know, we got a lot of work to do to get another win next week. And so we'll enjoy this one, but it's right back to work once we get back to Minnesota. Did it make it extra sweet to get that win back back home? Yeah, I grew up watching the Falcons. Like, I went to games in the Mike Vick era, Matt Ryan era. So, to be back here home and get that win definitely meant a lot. What's the best advice O'Connell's given you? Man, one, you know, obviously screaming at me in the headset with the play and what's going on. But the best thing you told me is, like, you know, I, I wanted you here because you played good football all year. And that meant a lot to me. He's like, I wanted to put you in a situation where you can su- succeed. And sometimes all you need is that coach that sees that potentially. So hearing that from him, especially after the game, meant, means a lot to me. And so now the goal is just to continue preparing, man, and, and continue to be ready for my opportunities as they come. Hey, last one. He tell you you're playing next week? Uh, he did not. You know, so I'm, I'm just, you know, preparing uh, one day at a time, embracing whatever role I'm given. Um, if I'm out there, I'm out there playing. I'm uh, playing my best foot forward every single play. But now I'm supporting whoever is out there. And my goal is help the team win in whatever role I am. So I'm excited to be a part of this team, man, and I'm excited to see uh, what we have coming in the future. 
Great stuff. I appreciate you, Josh. Congratulations. Hopefully we see you on Sunday Night Football in a couple weeks. Appreciate you, my man. All right. See you, pal. So that's it for week nine. Thanks for some of your time and appreciate your interest in PFTPM. We'll do this on the Mondays where there are enough of them that I think you might be interested in. This week worked out well. Stay tuned for week 10. We'll see how it goes. And remember, Wednesdays during football season, there's an episode of PFTPM. This week we'll be joined by Lions defensive end Aiden Hutchinson. As always, it's the Thursday joint PFTPM Chris Sims Unbuttoned Megapicks podcast, PFT Live every day, and the doors to profootballtalk.com always open. Thanks for some of your time. We'll talk to you again soon. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.